Let's pray together, church. God, as we come before you, our God and Savior, we declare you are our salvation. Lord, may we never forget from whence we've come. God, may we recognize the lengths that you have brought us. And may we be drawn into praise. God, you are working, you are moving, and we pray and ask, oh God, that you move this morning in our soul. Through the word that you have given to us, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody loves a mystery. Well, most everybody. This week, my wife and I watched a rendition of... An Agatha Christie novel. You know the Hardy Boys. You know old Sherlock Holmes. And and what's his name, his partner? Watson. My mystery started when I was a young kid. And we pulled out that board game. That board game that most people love. And maybe you even played as a kid. And it was called Clue. I wonder this morning if you could name those who were in Clue. The characters. Do we have any guesses? There was Red, who was Mrs. Scarlet. There was Yellow, who was Colonial Mustard, as we call him in our family. There was Green, who was Mr. Green. There was White, who was... Mrs. White, and of course, the purple and everybody's favorite, Professor Plum. Everybody loves a mystery. Well, unless the mystery is something that you really need to know. And last week, we began that mystery of a dream. A dream. There's something that that Nebuchadnezzar needs to know. We'll find out today that sometimes the mysterious is a way for God to communicate great and deep truths. And sometimes even in our own lives, those mysteries that we see teach us great truths about who God is. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to Daniel chapter 2, which is where we'll be this morning. This won't involve Professor Plum or even Colonel Mustard, but it will involve Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, and several others. So as we begin this morning, uh, we remember that we're in a year where we are seeking to be together as the body of Christ to do the work of Christ. We're together in 2022, together and not only being together, but with the same direction and the same purpose and the same hopes that we can proclaim the kingdom of God to this city, this parish, this area. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7 says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. That God is what? Light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have quenonia with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. and We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, if we walk with God, if we follow God in his way, We have fellowship with one another, 
We have koinonia with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sins. What can you say to that, Christian? Amen. And praise the Lord. Last week, we looked at uh, the, the fact that this dream was coming. And uh, if you have your Bible, Daniel chapter 2, verse 12 is where we'll begin this morning for context. The king was very angry and furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out and the wise men were all to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Because he wanted to know the interpretation to his dream, but not only the interpretation, but of what? He also wanted to know the dream itself. Tell me my dream and what I interpreted, which... We'll see, we'll fall into the plot here. Verse 14, then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion. I love Daniel. To Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He, Daniel declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. So Daniel knows the pressure he's under. Daniel's life is under, under pressure. It is, it's in doubt at this point. And Daniel says, okay, I can give him an interpretation. Verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to, say him with me, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. The reason I like saying their Hebrew names is because we should know these three faithful Hebrew men not as their, their pagan names. We should know them as their God-following names, right? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 18, and he told them to do what, church? To seek mercy. Now, this is where we ended last week, to seek the mercy of God. How many of us are in need of the mercy of God? I can raise it high, high. <laughs> Every day, y'all, we need God's mercy. And he cries out and says, look, let's pray for God's mercy. In this instance, is the king's going to kill us. God, would you have mercy on us and provide a way out of this bad situation? God, have mercy. Oh, saints, if your prayers are not regularly filled with asking God for mercy, we're probably missing something. We're probably missing something. So he goes in, he says, seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this what? This mystery. And what is the mystery? It's, it's the dream and the interpretation, right? There's a mystery out there and Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard and Mrs. White cannot help us. We got to figure out what's in the envelope in the middle of the table. And, and we don't have a whole lot of questions to ask our, our partners, our, our game players. We, let's ask God. And so that's what they do. So that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Wouldn't you love to hear those prayers for mercy from Daniel? I mean... That's one of those things. You look back and you read the Bible sometimes and you go, 
Oh, to hear the conversations that would have happened. To hear Hananiah's prayer. Oh God, grant us mercy. What, what did he say? I want to live that we might glorify your name. That we might know and your, your fame may be spread through the entire Babylonian Empire. What, would, what were they praying? Verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. That is one sentence, but put yourself, I I, want to ask you, put yourself in Daniel's shoes for a moment. You're on your deathbed. Like you got one night. Or you're going to die. I'm thinking about it. what do we relate to these days? Oh, I'm a, a, a sickness, a disease that may kill me or take my life. You know, there, there aren't a whole lot of impending death sentences that we have. Put yourself in Daniel's shoes for a moment. There is a grave weight upon him. And then in the middle of the night, in a vision, nonetheless, in a vision... In the night, the mystery is revealed to Daniel. And what does Daniel do? Help me out, church. What does Daniel do? He blessed the God of heaven. Oh, have you been there? Have y'all been there? Like God delivers you. And all you can do is say, thank you, God. Look, I have been in some high pressure work situations where... I've got some important people and even powerful people breathing down my neck, asking for answers. Now, what is going on? And and look, it's not my life. I get it. But if I, when the answers are revealed to me, oftentimes, and look, I I pray about my job. There are things that sometimes computers and people. You just, there, there's no logic to things sometimes. And, and the Lord will, will provide. Someone isn't offended by something you didn't mean to be offensive to them. Or, or somebody feels a certain way and steps up to fill a need that you need filled. Or sometimes the computer starts to all of a sudden act right. And you're going, what's going on? What did I do? And sometimes like that when you just go, thank you, God. Thank you. You didn't have to do that, but you did. And those are personal moments of worship. And and I can relate to Daniel in a way. And I I know that you can too. God, you've taken this sickness from me. God, you've saved my my son. You've given salvation to my, my dad, my husband. Praise be to God. We come to these moments, and this is where Daniel is. Daniel blessed the God of heaven. But some people don't. There's an old song when I was in a praise band years ago. We used to sing. It said, many men will drink the rain. Remember this one? And turn and thank the clouds. Oh, too often do we drink the rain 
and thank the clouds rather than the God who put the clouds in the sky. But that's not the calling of the Christian, is it? The calling of the Christian is to say, God, you've done this. I'm going to bless your name. And and so, friend, Christian, this morning, where are you turning to thank when things go right? Is it the doctor? Is it the boss? Is it this, that, or the other? Or do you turn and say, God, thank you for the clouds that sent the rain. I know that that came from you, oh God. Thank you for the doctor that gave me the medicine that helped me recover. I can remember years ago, uh, I think it was, I think it was, and I don't remember when it was, you can tell me, but um, Allison had, uh, we were at a garage sale at her mom's house and she passed out. We're like, wow, that's weird. So, um, it happened, I think, twice, and, and uh, it was, this was many years ago. And we're like, something not right. So we called 911. The fire truck paramedics came, and they said, oh, it's a hot day. It's a hot, very hot day, doing a garage sale. So look, just lay down, rest. You're going to feel better. Probably dehydrate. So she, as Allison does, uh, does not lay down or rest. She gets back up, passes out again. So Allison's mom was like, something's not right. It's at her mom's house. Something's not right. So, as we're, uh, well, long story short, I began to take her to the hospital. Something's wrong. And uh, while we're going to the hospital, I remember her passing out again and not talking, not being responsive at all. Sitting next to me, me driving, her in the seat next to me. And like, I don't know if she just died. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't do well when there are medical emergencies, if you don't know. How else let me tell you that? I'm like, hello? 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 I'm driving. And, uh, oh, I'll spoil her. She didn't die. She didn't die. She's right there. She's right there. And then all of a sudden, her voice comes back. She's like, I'm here. I'm here. It's just foggy. And, and I am... Whew. to the hospital. Doctor comes in and, and says, uh, we know what the problem is. Uh, she's got... Uh, an ectopic pregnancy. A baby was formed in her tube, rather in the uterus, and the t- grew too big in the tube and ruptured the tube. So now she's bleeding inside, so she's losing blood. Her blood pressure's dropping. That's why she's passing out. And, and the doctor looked at me, and he said, I'm going to take care of her like she's my own daughter. Still... Gets me emotional. And, and at that moment, I felt just a wave of relief come over me. And he said, she's going to be fine. Found out if she had laid down and rested and stayed in bed, that she wouldn't have made it. God was in that. 
and the relief of a life-impacting situation. I, I, I can relate to Daniel because she was on her deathbed, literally, for those moments. But God delivered her and God delivered me in many ways that day. The Lord is my salvation. Many of you have stories, I know, to tell. But when Daniel blessed the God of heaven, I can relate. Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And I can tell you, I blessed the God of heaven that night, that day. How did Daniel do it? Brother Stephen read it for us earlier. Let's read it together. Specifically, here's what Daniel says. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. Well, I say amen to that. To whom belong wisdom. What's our, what's our Hebrew word for that? Anybody remember? Chokmah. To whom belong chokmah and might. Now notice, it's just, I'm, I'm going to read it again, but notice this. Notice that the prayer of Daniel begins in a, in a God-centered way. His, his thanks go out to the name of God and say, bless his name forever and ever. This is an, an, up, um, an overflowing, an eruption, if you will, of, God saying, of, of Daniel saying, I know where my blessings come from and my deliverance comes from my God. So blessed be your name, O God. Friend, do you know where the good things in life come from? Every good and perfect gift come from above, from the Father of the lights, from the Father of lights. James says, Blessed be the God, in the name of God forever and ever. He gives chokmah, he gives wisdom. In other words, he shares what he already knows. He shares his Wisdom, his skill, his craft, and he scares, and he shares his might to go along with that. A most powerful and high God has looked upon me, Daniel, a servant, and has given me this information that I might bring salvation to myself, to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Oh. The Lord, you are our salvation. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. To whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. Now, notice here. Y'all look. Look at verse 21. Notice. This is not a God that's kind of set things in motion and steps back. Okay? Just notice how Daniel speaks of God. God is... Very intimately involved himself in Daniel's life and has given him a vision with information that is pertinent to saving his neck the next day. And so Daniel says he changes times and seasons. God makes the seasons and the weather change. God does that. God removes kings and he sets up kings. You know why the queen died? Because God said it's time for a change. That's what God does. He gives wisdom to the wise 
and knowledge to those who have understanding. God gives us the chokhmah. God gives us wisdom, skill, craft. God does that. He reveals deep and hidden things. Do you want to know, Christian, why you're saved? God saved you. God gave you the wisdom to know His Son, Jesus Christ. That didn't just appear. The Bible's very clear. God made you alive. He gave you wisdom. He gave you the knowledge of the light of the Son of God. Praise be to God. He gives wisdom. He gives deep wisdom and hidden things. God does that. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him. There is nothing unknown to the master creator of it all. Sticks, you love the James Webb telescope, right? Man, have you seen the images coming back from that thing? I saw an image of, is it Neptune? Eli's Neptune, the other one with the rings. Where are you, Eli? Is Neptune the other one with the rings? All right. Was it Uranus? Is it Neptune? Neptune, all right. Well, either Neptune or Uranus, I saw this week. It was amazing. Like there was this image and you can see a cloud of dust around the planet and you see these rings around it. It was amazing. Things that the human eye has never seen before. James Webb Telescope. Amazing. That is not new information to God. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's old news, y'all. I've been seeing that every day since I made it. God knows. He knows all the other planets that are in all these other solar systems and, and galaxies far, far. God knows all of that stuff. It's amazing to think what God knows. And yet he reached down to Daniel, a Hebrew, in the midst of Babylon and said, oh, you want to know that dream? I got you. Here's the dream, and I'm going to give it to you right here on the last moment that I could so that you know that I'm God. Y'all, remember that next time you fret and you worry about what you, how you may meet your needs. Remember, this God is, is not a God who's just stepping away and... and and not involved. Like he put every speck of dust around Neptune. And he placed it there. This is what Jesus told us. Don't worry about what you wear. The flowers don't worry about what they wear. Look how beautiful they are. Don't worry about what you'll eat. The birds are fed every day. This is God. He gives. He is a good God. And Christian, He is your God, your Father who loves you and cares for you. This is God. The Lord is my salvation.
May I ask you and and share with you something that I, I think is important for us to think through at this point. Uh, Romans chapter 1 speaks of how God has created things. All things have been created and, and we can see them and recognize that there's a maker. Right? It's not hard to... To find a wheelchair and say, well, somebody made that. That wasn't the combination of billions of years coming together and then all of a sudden, boom, wheelchair. We don't think like that, ever. Unless you're thinking about creation or the origin of things in life. And it's just it's preposterous to think like that. But... Knowing that there's a God and, and that God is this great God who has created all these things and placed the dust around Neptune and, and the rocks in the rings and, and the ice and the planets. far God's done all that. Just merely recognizing that is not enough. In fact, there were a whole lot of religious people who believed there was a God who Jesus spoke to in his day who he said were sons of hell. You remember Remember that? These were leaders in the church who absolutely believed that God was there and he made all things. And they believed the Torah and they, they believed all these things about who God is. But, but Jesus turned to them and said, when you convert somebody and make them followers of you, you make them twice the son of hell as, as anything you are. So he was very clear that merely believing in the God of Jacob or the God of Abraham doesn't do anything. In fact, James says that as well. Um, James in chapter 2, verse 19, he says, You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and they shudder. Do you want to be shown? You foolish person that faith apart from works is useless. And he continues on. But he even says that the demons believe that God created the earth. That, that's not rocket science, to use a poor term, but... Even the demons believe that. What did Daniel do? Or what can we do that's, that's any different than any other son of hell, if you will? And that's important for us to think about this morning. Isn't it? I mean, and the reason I bring it up is because Daniel's response to God is different than many's response to God. Some people's response to God is, okay, God made this. That's... I believe in God. Or even, I'm going to come to church. Uh, Brother Stephen shared a statistic this week that said that, I don't know, it was like 50% of Christians believe these things, or or evangelicals was the word. Take that back. 50% of evangelicals believe these things. And the list of these things were things that the church has condemned as a whole, since the early councils. In other words, half of evangelicals today believe things that are heretical. Or things that will that say that if you believe these things, you're not part of the church. So I say that to say there are a lot of people that consider themselves Christian, evangelical. I'm not sure the word to use. But who believe things that would say, no, you're, no, you're not a Christian. Christians don't believe these things. 
So what makes a Christian? I mean, I think there are a lot of people in our, even in our country that go to church regularly. I'm not so sure that they're born again. In fact, I, I would say I'm pretty sure that a significant portion of people attending church services regularly aren't. And, and I don't say that to be ugly to anybody. I say that to say there's, there's work to do. And, and my job is not to criticize somebody. It's to say, look, if you're coming to church, I want you to know the true reason for church. What did Jesus say? Matthew 16, Jesus said, here's what he said. A lot of people, and he even interacted with people who came and said they believed that God was one. And, and he said, you shared it Wednesday night. Many of you will say to me, Lord, Lord, on that day you've cast out demons. You've done all the, the religious things. And Jesus is going to say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, that's one of the scariest verses in the Bible. So teenagers, I know we were talking about that Wednesday night. What did Jesus say? Look in in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. He said this. Then Jesus told his disciple, if anyone would come after me. In other words, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow my teaching, if you're going to enter into my kingdom and be my subject in my kingdom... Let him do what? Deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me me maybe paraphrase that for us a little bit differently. For whoever would save his life in the kingdom of the world would lose it. But whoever loses his life in the kingdom of the world, for my sake, he will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has what? According, oh, we're missing that verse, verse 27. There we go. I want you to see it. Look at the second part of that. And then he will repay each person according to what he has what? What he's done. What did Daniel do when God revealed to him the mystery? He blessed God. Here's what I'd like to offer to you this morning. Merely believing that God exists... Uh, Like James said, you do well. You're on the right path. But it's not enough. Unless your soul is a soul that blesses God for what he's done through his son, Jesus Christ, you are missing the point of Christianity. And so I offer you today, this morning, what Daniel said and did and what Jesus said and did. And I'll I'll merge them in together and say, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, here is what God has called you to do. To recognize that Jesus Christ is the Lord. 
to bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That God has revealed himself in his son, Jesus Christ. And to repent of your allegiance to the world. That says, I'm going to do whatever the world would have me do. And to come into and say, I will humble myself. I will deny myself. I'll take up my cross and I'm going to follow Jesus and do what Jesus did. Because what the scripture says is he will repay each one according to what he's done. And, and what we read earlier was the done part comes because we have faith in God. We believe that Jesus is the son of God. And so we're willing to do what it costs to become a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you respond today? All right, let's go back to Daniel. Daniel gives thanks to God. He is part of, of God's kingdom, if you will. And that's a tricky word to use for Daniel, but I'll go with that for right now. And then Daniel continues his prayer in verse 23. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. There he goes again. He's giving thanks. He's giving praise. For you have given me wisdom, chokmah, and might. And now you have made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. I read to you earlier from Exodus Read it one more time. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. His horse and rider he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Christian, may I remind you this morning. God is your salvation. He is your salvation. He has saved your soul. It may not be from Nebuchadnezzar. It may not be from cancer. But he has saved you from the wrath to come. If you are in Christ, let us praise God for the grace and the salvation that he has given us. All right. Let's make a little bit more headway this morning. Verse 24. Then Daniel went to Arioch from the king, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and thus said, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king the interpretation how triumphant this must have been. You imagine David's heart. I mean, Daniel's heart. Wow. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste. And thus said to him, I have found among the exiles of Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation. Can you give it to me, Daniel? Can you do it? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king the mystery that the king has asked. You know, I love this. Truly love this. Daniel, can you do it? What does he say? No one can do this. No one. And I was listening to a sermon on this last week. And he said, you know, I might have, uh, might have shared this a little differently before the king. I might have said like, oh yeah, yeah, and, and the Lord helped me. 
But Daniel says, no, 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 no one can do this. this and Daniel is, is very clearly trying to deflect any of the credit for what's going on. Nobody can do this. You have given an impossible task, O king. I love this. It shows the failure of, of the false religions and shows the victory of Daniel's God. He is radically God-centered. Verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what will be, help me out, what will be what? In the latter days. All right. This is really important. So lock it in. He's showing the king what will be when? A lot of days. All right. That's really important. Lock that in to the interpretive mindset that you've got. Daniel says there's a God in heaven. He's made known to the king what's going to happen in the latter days. Okay? Later, time to come days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. Now, interesting and, and worth noting, this dream is not so much about Nebuchadnezzar. It's about something bigger. It's about something bigger than Daniel. It's about something bigger than you. It's something bigger than me. To you, O king, as you lay, verse 29, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. I mean, notice Daniel is not taking credit at all. He's giving glory to God and saying God is revealing something so that you, the king, may know this. All right, I'm going to stop right there and we will pick up with the dream next week. What does all this mean? Uh, let me give you just a few things to take away. There are mysteries sometimes in life that we can't explain. Some people ask questions like, why does God allow these things to happen? Or how could God have allowed this to be? Blasso, those are mysteries. Some people ask about the nature of salvation. Why does God save him and not her, or her and not him? These are mysteries. Some people ask, why is why, did, why was I born this way? Or why, why did this happen to me when I was a child? Those, those are things that are brought up oftentimes. These are mysteries. Let me share with you this, though. Uh, as I studied this week and, and really gotten into just relearning some things. God is working things out much bigger than who we are. God is orchestrating a lot. And, and you are one sheep in the grand pasture of 
many. And if you recognize the grandeur of what God is doing, setting up kings, removing kings, changing seasons, creating planets, giving us oxygen and allowing that conversion process to happen in us every time we take a breath. There's a lot going on. I want to remind you, as Daniel has reminded me this week, Daniel did not put himself in the center of his own story. Daniel said, God is doing this. So Christian, I want to remind you, sometimes we get sad, discouraged, or, or even frustrated because we don't know things. And there are mysteries that God hasn't shown to us. I want to encourage you to, to remember that God is working a much bigger story. And, and oftentimes we have to endure things that, that maybe don't feel good. But in God's grander plan, he's working all things together for good. Romans 8.28 tells us for those who love him. So let me draw you to remembering that. Daniel was radically God-centered in his thinking. God is showing you, Nebuchadnezzar, something's not even really for you, but it's for something bigger. And I'll tell you this, and we'll look at it next week. Nebuchadnezzar's dream affects us today more than it affected Nebuchadnezzar. So I invite you back next week. We'll take a look at it. If you're not a Christian today, I want to, I want to just express to you, um, we're glad you're here. You may have been to church your whole life, but don't know what it means to be born again of God. You may not know what it means to have these bless God moments or bless the Lord moments. I want to invite you, if you have any questions, I'll be around, hang around. Uh, Jesus Christ came to save sinners who repent, and he saves them from the the wrath of God. Uh, God's judgment is upon those who reject his son. And I want to invite you to come to the Lord Jesus this morning. Jesus offered an invitation for all who would come to him. He does not cast out. And maybe the Spirit of God is moving in your heart today. Maybe you are recognizing that you need to give your life. You need to repent of your sin and give your life to the Lord Jesus. Uh, We give you the opportunity to do that this morning. Uh, If you'd like to talk more about that, um, I'm here. Let's close with a word of prayer. And I just want us to remind ourselves the greatness and the grandeur of who God is. Let's pray together. God, as we come together this morning, we are grateful for your kingdom. We are grateful for the kindness that you've shown to each of us. God, we are also grateful for your son and for all who believe in you who are here today. We bless your name for the work that you've done. Jesus Christ on the cross, dying for our sin, rising again and offering us new life. Lord, move in the souls of people and let us be faithful to share the message that Jesus saves sinners who repent. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.